Hey, Scott Graves here, creator of the Kestrel Files, jumping in here to tell you that this show has joined the Apollo Plus program. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where subscribers can help support some cool fiction podcast creators like Tal Manier, Bloody FM, Ransom Productions, and me. Apollo Plus shows are ad-free and I've got some pretty cool bonus content. And if that sounds cool, you can join Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcast app on Android or iOS, or by going to apollopodcast.com. Again, that's apollopodcast.com or through the Apollo Podcast app on iOS and Android. Thanks for the support. You're listening to a Gravestone Production Podcast. Welcome to our solar system. The year is 2373 Standard Earth Time. Humanity has colonized the planets and brought with them the omnipresent artificial intelligence known as Kestrel. Today, we dive deeper into Kestrel's memory banks to explore the worlds through her ears. Let us continue our journey now. Audio log six of Operation Ghost Touch, starting this log off with more bad news. Um, our urban communicator antenna has been destroyed by the local fauna. Sonnet and I had gone to the lake to see if we could find the creature that poisoned Kennedy. Uh, we captured a few things, but I haven't had a chance to analyze them yet, because when we got back to the ship, we found our urban antenna and other various parts of the ship were covered in the corcopods. <laughs> they managed to chew through the metal in several parts of the ship and started eating a lot of the wiring. Turns out corcopods eat a lot of nickel, based off of the biopsy I did quickly. On a couple of the dead corcopods, uh, it turns out that the corcopods can be poisoned with trochium, which I found in the stomachs of several dead corcopods around our urban communicator antenna, which is both good news uh, because we know what can rid us of the pests, and bad news because they ate the trochium in our antenna. One big problem with that is that trochium is one of the technomancy metals, meaning it is used in the mystic sciences, and our super duper data transmitting technology, the urban communicator system, requires that trochium to work. The trailblazer contains no spare trochium wires, so we have no way to repair this antenna, meaning we are cut off from all communication except for our standard emergency radio transponder. I'll continue making these audio logs, but I won't be able to transmit them to Mission Control anymore. Fortunately, the rest of the ship is still operational, uh, so we can continue the mission as normal, but if anything goes wrong, Mission Control will have no idea what happened. In fact, they probably already think something is wrong, which it kind of is, I guess. So I'm going to do some biopsies on the creatures we captured, and I'll hopefully have a better update when I've finished that. So, uh, be right back, I guess. Further bad news here. Uh, I guess this is part two of Log 6. It's been two days now since Kennedy got bit, or venomed, uh, and Kennedy's gotten worse. They haven't woken up from their fever, their arm is still inflamed, and part of their chest and back are also becoming inflamed. Most importantly, their heart rate has slowed down, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I 
I went through the creatures we captured, biopsied all of them. There was one venomous jelly-like urchin creature that resisted capture that I was able to figure out it does have a venom on it. But it's not a venom I've ever seen. I don't know what it does yet. It's got similarities to the paralyzing agent of a Uranian gasno, but I don't know what else. I need help studying this if I'm going to save Kennedy, which is part of the big problem of not having the Irwin communicator antenna working. It's I can't get in contact with Mission Control in any reasonable amount of time to have them kind of jointly working with my findings. So, I've given them a counter-paralytic agent that I happened to find in the ship in one of the emergency medical kits. It's made to counter uranium gas no venom, which is good because there's some sort of similarity there, but I also don't know if it's going to work. I'm worried that if it doesn't, Kennedy's heart will stop in the next few days. I'm currently running a test to see how the proteins in the venom bind to muscle proteins in one of the local animals, and hopefully that will give me a lead on what I could potentially use to counteract it. My only worry right now is that I don't have enough time to complete the research. Hey, for Adam. Hmm? They're awake. They're awake? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, there will be a part three of this uh, after I talk to Kennedy. This is part three of Log 6. Um, Kennedy was awake and lucid, surprisingly. I wasn't expecting them to be lucid but they were able to identify what it was that envenomed them, and apparently it was the strange jellyfish-like organism that we identified earlier. It has a pair of stingers that it injects the venom with. Uh, the paralytic agent is a lot more obvious now, too. We found Kennedy has no movement in their lower left arm, and only a little bit of movement in their shoulder. Uh, apparently it uh, hurts like hell, feels cold, and also they can't feel anything with it, which means there's some sort of numbing agency in there, too. So. It doesn't look very good for them, which which we had to have a very tough conversation with Kennedy about that. They said we continue the mission, though. They were strangely matter-of-fact about the fact that they could die any day now. Um, they said this was an ironic way to go, stung by a strange creature when they were exploring a lake. I guess they've always just been looking up at the sky and space, but... It was actually them who rationalized the conversation. Senna and I were in favor of aborting so that we can get proper medical treatment to Kennedy, and they said it didn't matter. If we leave and they die in the next few days, we will have to travel with a corpse for a majority of the journey home. If we stay, we can continue to study and learn, and just hope that Kennedy can weather the venom. Neither Senna or I like the options, but I have to admire their dedication to the mission. The last thing Kennedy said before they fell back asleep was, I got us here. You don't need me getting off the rock. Now go do your job. So. So that's exactly what we'll do. Kennedy is a strong one. Dr. Ryland, over and out.
Hey, Scott Graves here, creator of the Kestrel Files. I just wanted to say that this show has joined the amazing Apollo Plus program. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where subscribers can help support a bunch of shows like Mars Fall, Wireland Ranch, Someone Dies in This Elevator, and this one. You can listen to shows ad-free and get tons of premium bonus content on over 40 shows. For us sci-fi people, I recently listened to Mars Fall, and they have a whole miniseries, interviews, and albums of the show's unique score on there. All of it for $10 a month. That's like having a Patreon account to 40 podcasts for the price of one. On top of that, 70% of your subscription goes directly to creators. This support helps us with getting these shows produced. I know every penny that I earn through this program goes straight into the next season's budget. And let me tell you, as an indie podcaster, every cent helps us keep doing what we love and helps keep the content flowing on a faster timeline. You can join Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcast app on Android or iOS or by going to apollopods.com. Again, that's apollopods.com, or through the Apollo Podcast app on iOS and Android. Thanks for the support.